right, we're going to go ahead and get started. People may still come in. Um, I didn't have enough feedback forms for everyone because I, I did not know so many people would come. <laughs> um, but I am giving this talk again in a month to a mom's group, so I thought I might as well get your feedback so you can help me make it a little bit better for next time. But um, I'm Christina Flaherty. I'm, I teach music at the school across the parking lot. I've been doing that for six years. Um, I also help lead some small groups for the young adults here at City Church. Are any of you connect group leaders? Show of hand. Um, and maybe you lead another teacher. Oh, hi, Greg. Hi. So you're starting already? Well, do you want me to wait? They, no, no, look, no, they, look, they were staring at me. You're turning on And so I'm kind of bringing that perspective into this talk. Um, I did look at Pastor Joel's talk, and it sounds like he's talking about a very similar thing. So if you need a different perspective or correction to anything I say that might be a little off, you can listen to Joel's next time. Um, so we're going over um, boundaries, and this can be, well, what are what kind of boundaries are you talking about? Not physical boundaries in a dating relationship, as that term has come to mean for many Christians, but boundaries as defined by Claude and Townsend, they're two Christian psychologists, they have a book, you probably saw it in the blurb, um, this is what they said, um, this is what Amazon says about the boundaries we're talking about today. Having clear boundaries is essential to a healthy, balanced lifestyle. A boundary is a personal property line that marks those things for which we are responsible. In other words, boundaries define who we are and who we are not. And they impact all areas of our lives. Physical boundaries let you know um, when it is okay to touch another person. Um, mental boundaries give us freedom to have our own thoughts and not be like influenced completely by the opinions of others. We have thoughts, they have thoughts. They're different thoughts. Emotional boundaries help us deal with our own emotions and disengage from maybe manipulative um, emotions of others. Spiritual boundaries help us discern the difference between our will and God's will. And so these are the type we're talking about today. And I want us to start by, oh, so we're going to go over what are boundaries, why we need them, examples of them, common boundary problems, and how we can grow in boundaries. And I want to start by considering this quote, and I think it's in the notes for you. Um, this is by Howard Thurman. It says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Um, when I first read this quote, I was very shocked and excited, because as, as a good Christian girl who's grown up to do the right Christian thing, I've been asking, well, what does the world need so that I can do it? I need to go meet the needs of the people in my life, because that's what Jesus would do. He would go meet people's needs. Um... And there is a lot of truth to that, but maybe that that's coming at it at maybe a slightly wrong angle, or we could look at it in a different perspective that would be a little more helpful. What the world needs is people who have come alive, and when we have come alive to who we are and who we are in Christ, then we have something so much more valuable and helpful to offer to the world. Um, so this talk, I'm hoping, will help us ask ourselves, what makes me come alive so that I can give my full self, my real self, my um, the, the self that reflects God um, most beautifully to the world. 
Um, so I don't know about any of you. Do any of you ask what the world needs and try to go do that? It can be a little tricky. So let's start by taking a quick pulse of the boundaries in your own life. And when you're taking, um, when you're considering your boundaries, we don't maybe quite know what they are yet. Um, you can think about what you say yes to and what you say no to and what other people are saying yes to and no to around you and how that affects you. So in your notes, I think you can see it. There are four questions. What have you said yes to lately? What have you said no to lately? What no has been hard to hear? What yes has been hard to hear? Um, and I'm going to give you some examples of mine, but you are free to just jot some things down, um, thinking about the people in your life, the tasks in your life, both people and tasks. What have you said yes to? What have you said no to? Just so you can start to, then we'll analyze them later, so you're not thinking about, well, did I have a good boundary or not? Just what have you said yes and no to lately? So, for example, I have said yes to, I'm getting together to have coffee with someone tomorrow. She has some things going on in her life, wants to talk to me about it. Uh, so I said yes to that. Um, maybe as a, um, you said yes to your job, maybe said yes to hosting um, a connect group. Um, and then as you're going along, you can consider what emotion um, goes along with that yes. So when I think about my coffee thing tomorrow, um, am I excited? Maybe not, um, but am I like, do I, what emotion, I'm hopeful that it will be helpful. Um, so you can consider your emotions that go with it. Emotions can be kind of like um, pain is a signal that there's a problem. And the emotion you have can signal, is there a problem here? Or is there excitement? Is there health? Is there life? Um, Let's see, what have you said no to lately? Maybe you say no to instantly replying to texts or emails. Sometimes I say no to that, and what emotion comes with it? Guilt, like I feel guilty that I'm not immediately responding to their need. That's a signal that I have a boundary problem, but I did still say no to it. Um, what no's have been hard to hear from other people? Um, I have a... Um, we're having a dinner tonight, and I have a friend who is, can't make it, isn't going to come, and that's hard for me to hear. I wanted them to be there, but they said no. Okay, what, what emotion do I have? They can be a free person and make their choice. And then what yeses have been hard to hear? Maybe someone is, offers to help at your connect group and says, um, I can help do this part. Maybe that's hard for you to hear because maybe you, you like to be in charge, or um, maybe someone wants to get together with you, but you don't want to get together with them. That yes is hard to hear for you, and that's fine. So take a minute, jot some things down. Maybe you already did. Maybe it's too confusing, but <laughs> jot a few things down and consider those emotions, and you can analyze them later. And you can keep writing. Maybe things will pop into your head as I give more examples throughout the talk. But we're going to move forward. Boundaries defined. So what is a boundary? A boundary is a personal property line that marks those things 
for which we are responsible. This is me. This is where I end. That is you. That is where you begin. There is a, there's a clear definition between it. Um, boundaries... Boundaries aren't walls, um, but they do give us that definition, this is me. This is who I am, and this is who I am not. And here's my example for you. Let's say this water is our being, and if we don't have boundaries, when we are poured out, there's no definition. Uh, Maybe our choices are influenced by other people. Our opinions kind of change with the wind. Um, When people ask us things, we kind of feel powerless, and maybe we just say yes right away, or we don't know how to say no. Um, And we almost feel like we... It's hard to take responsibility of ourselves because we're spread out everywhere. you, You can't get a hold of yourself. Um, But on the opposite end, let's say your boundaries are now walls and you are poured into a locked container and you are sealed away. This is also not quite healthy and this person will also want to grow in healthy boundaries um, because here you can't give yourself to another. um, You're hidden um, and maybe it's fear that keeps you there. Maybe your boundaries have been violated too many times and people have taken advantage of you, so you're like, I'm going to resort into the walled-in state. Um, And that's also not what we want. But with healthy boundaries, you consider this water in a nice mug that has a C on it because it's Christina. It is my identity. This is me. When you have healthy boundaries, you know exactly who you are and what you're responsible for. You know what you're able to give. And then you can choose, yes, I can give Um, I can give to you at this time, or yes, I can receive from you at this time. Um, I am powerful to make a decision here. Um, What I have to give is defined. It's not all over. So, um, I know we need more specific examples. But in essence, without boundaries, you relinquish the control of your life. um, And you may be tempted to hand over the responsibility of your life as well. Um... But you can't. You are still responsible for you. And so to feel empowered to act in that responsible state, we need these boundaries to define us. Um, so here are some biblical examples of why we need boundaries. Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight: A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So here's this person. Um, maybe lacks self-control. Self-control is a huge boundary maker. Um, It's hard to say yes, it's hard to um, make your own decisions, or it's hard to say no to people, and you're broken into. Um, But on the other end, if you have boundaries that have turned into walls, Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. Um, And there there are reasons we become like this, a, a, a brother offended. Sometimes we are hurt. And so for protective purposes, self-protective purposes, we build up these walls. Um, but this proverb is a warning against too rigid of boundaries that turn into walls. Um, so coming back to this, we need boundaries so that we know what we're responsible for. And this is a, this is a, a, Biblical concept, we can think of the concept of being a steward. Um, in Luke 12, um, Jesus says it will go well with the servant who is found doing what he's supposed to do when the master returns. Or Luke 16, 
Um, the master questions the steward for wasting his possessions, or Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. Um, we are stewards. We're, we're not drawing boundaries because we're selfish or because um, we're into ourselves and we need to protect ourselves, but because we have been given responsibility from the Lord to be the steward of ourselves, of our choices, our behaviors, our attitudes, our emotions. Um, a steward is someone, Pastor Nick Gibson at High Point says this, uh, is someone who owns nothing but is um, but governs as if he owns everything. The Lord has given it to us to be stewards of ourselves. So boundaries lead to this sense of definition. This is who I am. I have a sense of ownership. It is within my jurisdiction to take care of my desires, my thoughts, my values. And if anything um, is amiss... I am the one who is empowered to act, to um, kind of draw that boundary and take action. Boundaries also keep in the good and keep out the bad. Um, Let's see if I want to say that yet. We're going to get into specific examples soon, but let me just say a few more things. Galatians 6, 1 through 5, and Jason touched on this. Already, and I bet he'll touch on it again in his follow-up session. Galatians 6, 1-5. through Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that's what Jason was talking about. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. And that's what I bet Jason will talk about this afternoon. So there is both and here in Galatians 6. Bear one another's burdens. Um, I missed an E. It should say bear one another's burdens. And for each of us will have to bear our own load. Um, So we have to figure out this balance. We are called to both bear their burden... And bear our own load. Be, um, how, how does that work with boundaries? Well, Cloud and Townsend say the Greek give us a little, I haven't studied the Greek myself, but they say the Greek gives you a key into the difference here. The difference between the word bear one another's burdens and each will bear his own load. The word for burden, bearing each other's burden, could be related to... Um, the word for like a boulder, like something that is crushing you. And when we see our neighbor, <coughs> our brother and sister in Christ, carrying something that is too hard for them to carry by themselves, it may even crush them, then of course our responsibility is to them and to walk with them. And like Jason said, just be in the suck together with them. Um until that burden becomes bearable for them. We need to help them with that. But the word load for each one must carry his own load could be related more to something like your own knapsack. And this burden is like your, the burden of daily toil. And each one is responsible for his own knapsack. And so this can be confusing for Christians if we um, take this verse to mean... We need to help each other carry their knapsacks. Everybody should be helping each other carry your, everybody's knapsack. And soon you can get maybe a person without strong boundaries carrying 10 people's knapsacks. Be like, oh, I'll help you. Oh, I'll help you. 
that is not our responsibility. We can actually be more loving to them to help them carry their own knapsack. Actually, that is your burden to bear. You need to carry that load, that daily toil load. And I need to carry my own because I am held responsible for it. Um, and But when their load is this boulder, we should for sure step in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That difference there? So it is a both and. Um, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. And sometimes you need discernment and we need to ask the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's uncomfortable because... Um, they might be treating their knapsack like a boulder and come present it. This has happened to me so many times. They come to you desperate and in an emergency state, and we respond like, I better help you right now. But that may not be the best answer. It might be, um, but it might not. And I would just um, encourage us to pause and ask the Holy Spirit and use some discernment. Um, Some clues are if you are the only one who can save them every single time. That might be a boundary issue. And maybe if you don't have capacity, you say no. And they find somebody else if they really need them. Or you're just helping them learn to carry their own knapsack. Um, okay, let's get into the nitty-gritty, the examples. Specific examples of boundaries. So the first, the most fundamental boundary we have is our skin. That defines who we are, who I am, who you are. And um, so I want to touch on each of the examples, lack of boundaries, and then like way too many boundaries where it becomes a wall and we want to find that middle ground. So with skin, um, we have been taught this, like you can say no to unwanted touch. There are appropriate times to be touched and inappropriate times and we take that very seriously and when that boundary is violated you stand up for yourself you have every right to everyone should know they have every right to they should get help um and this can that seriousness of boundary violation can be applied to your other boundaries as well and you don't have to take um you you should just treat all the boundaries very uh, importantly as well so um we have physical touch boundaries. But at the same time, we don't want to just be so closed off. I don't know if you have warm people in your life that are physically affectionate or maybe just touch you a little bit while you're talking, not in an inappropriate way, but it's just like this loving and welcoming way or between parents and their children. And we want we want that. We want to offer ourselves in that way um, to add this warmth to life and maybe not out of fear or reservation or hesitation um, kind of be locked off that way. We want it to be a boundary, but not a wall. Um, Another example, another just basic example is geographic, geographical distance. When you are physically away from someone, that helps, that helps define you. This is me, that is you. Um, Some examples, Um, I had a, when you are a roommate with someone, you are very close to them, and you do not have a lot of geographical distance. And when I was in college, there was there was some tension, and it's like, ah, oh, there's pressure on the relationship when you're that close with someone for so long. A simple solution was, well, we moved apart, and then that pressure was gone, and sometimes that's what's needed. In a relationship, You maybe the Lord just turns events and someone moves away, and you do have to mourn that loss, 
but it's a new relationship and there's distance there and it can be a healthy thing. Um, or children may be at home and they just need to get away and they escape to their room and they shut the door and the parent is like, you should not be shutting your door. You need to be open. Well, maybe they just need a little physical space. That being said, sometimes kids can't handle even that much of a boundary. And I've heard parents who will take the door off their parents or their kids' room because they can't deal, they can't handle that kind of boundary, and that's okay. Um, but do consider maybe maybe my child or this person just needs some space, and a little time away would be helpful. Um, okay, let's do another example. Emotional distance. So this one is very important for us to understand that it's a concept so that we have um, so we have some tools to manage our own emotions and not be just swept up in other people's emotions. Um, so I don't know if any of you have had a friend or family member walk through depression or maybe you have yourself or maybe anxiety and when when sitting with them, like Jason said, sitting with them in their pain, which is the best thing you can do, sometimes it can be difficult to not take on their emotions as your own and then be very burdened by them. But you are invited to have an emotional boundary. This is where I am and this is where you are. And those do not, you do not have to pick them up. Um, the last time I gave this talk, someone also brought up... Um, when people are sharing maybe their resentments or um, their frustrations with leadership or something like that, you don't have to take those on as your own. You can listen. You can maybe even give wisdom if you need to, but um, we want to be careful to have a boundary there and not be swept up into that as well and let that emotion become our own. Um, we can empathize, listen, attend to their needs, but still have that, that boundary. Now, at the same, um, on the other end, we don't want to be so emotionally closed off from people that we are unaf we're unaffected by them, um, and this is where we want to pray to the Holy Spirit for um, grace to have compassion, to empathize, to see w with the eyes of Jesus and the heart of Jesus. Um, sometimes it can be hard, especially with someone who maybe over and over comes to you, um, and sometimes you do, that emotion that you get of like, oh, I'm just frustrated with them or annoyed with them, you should listen to that and respond to it with the Lord, but find out, do I, does the change need to happen in me? Does it need to happen in them? How can we walk through this together? Um, words. Words are very, I'm going to put truth up there too. Words and truth are a boundary. Let me see my examples. Um, so I get into trouble with this one um, because I'm a people pleaser, and I don't I I don't like to uh, put a ripple in the pond. Um, so let's say you have a friend. I recently had this. A friend had to cancel, or was going to arrive late, or something, and I responded back via text message. No problem, exclamation point, smiley face. And then I just realized, that's not true. It, it, is, it is a problem. I'm not smiling on the inside. I'm a little frustrated. I'm a little hurt. And if, if we just are always accommodating and not use, we're using our words kind of flippantly or 
Whatever they say, we say too, so that it's all one thing. Well, we then lack definition, and we can't give to them the truth of who we are. Um, and we're not setting a boundary that protects us. Um, uh, and another option is to be silent. And silence also won't be effective in this healthy relationship. It cuts you off. Um, you need to use your words. Gently and kindly, not as a wall, um, but to bring the truth to the situation. Um, I had this again happen. I was, I was frustrated with a friend, and we were sitting there, and they were talking, and I was like, oh, why don't they know that I'm so frustrated right now with what's going on, and they're talking about something else, and I realized... Well, I haven't used any of my words, and I'm just silent. So instead of feeling powerless, I felt powerless in the situation. They had all the control. I was just waiting for them to notice. Um, I do have a choice, and I can present my words and just open the door to that conversation as, um, as opposed to giving all the responsibility away. It is on me to manage my emotions and to use my words to communicate the truth of what's going on. Another example, time is a boundary. Time is a very hard one also for me. Um, so let's say you're getting together with a friend um, and you only have an hour and you're a little nervous because this friend, you know this friend talks a lot. And it usually runs late. Let's be real. Let's be honest. Um, or, or yeah, it could be many things. It could be meetings. It could be a class. It could be church. Um, you only have so much time, or you would like to only have so much time, but you're, you're getting together and you know it might go long. So when you go in, I'm talking with a friend. We're at coffee. That hour is up and I have a few decisions in my mind. I can sit there and feel powerless or I often have because I want to be a good Christian and they are sharing with me their problems and their needs and they need care and they're not done yet. They have more to share and I don't really have to go for a little bit longer. I could stay but the emotion that is rising up in me, there's a little resentment or there's a little like frustration or anxiety because you might be late to the next thing. And we often, okay, not, maybe you don't, maybe you're like a hard wall and you're like, all right, two o'clock, I am out. That may also not be quite the best way to do it. That might be a wall boundary. Um, but some of us will, will just stay. And then, and then we arrive to our next thing late. And then we arrive to our next thing late because our whole life, we're just, we don't quite have control of the time management skills. We have not set those boundaries and honored our own time boundaries. And so, and we're like, well, I can't help it. This is just happens. I, I'm, I have all these things that are happening and I have to do them. A good Christian would do them. Um, well, maybe you do have the power to be the steward of your own time. And, I mean, there are some strategies. You could go into that coffee date and say, I will have to leave at this time. Make it 10 minutes earlier than you actually have to leave, and then you have a little grace time at the end, so it won't feel like a wall to them. Um, and, again, that boundary doesn't have to be a wall, and you're like, well, I'm just growing a boundary, so I have to, have to do it right away. I need to be really strict about it. 
there is grace, and you don't have to do it quite that intensely, but you are empowered to take control of your life in the area of time, if that makes sense. And then consequences. Consequences, this is my favorite boundary, but I think it's kind of the hardest because sometimes it feels like the most unchristian. Um, consequences. This is a boundary when you let people reap the consequences of their actions and you let yourself reap the consequences of your actions. So, for example, let's say your friend or your family, they can't, uh, they have to change the plan last minute. Well, you have a couple options. You could, you could accommodate, but if you're accommodating because you feel like you just have to, you're here and you're not really offering them your true self. Um, if you accommodate because you have analyzed the situation and maybe the Holy Spirit has prompted you yet, you can, you can accommodate in this session this um, circumstance, then you're offering them a gift of yourself. Sure, I will accommodate. Um, but the other option is to give them the consequence. Okay, you can't. You had to make that last minute change. I can't do it anymore. And just say that. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do it anymore. Maybe you could offer something else in the future that does work for you, but we don't always have to be accommodating to other people's, other people's lack of boundaries. Maybe that's the issue, maybe not. Um... Or let's, I, I think parents get into trouble a lot with this um, because children have emergencies. Um, they forget their homework. They, um, they want something last minute. They're tired. All of a sudden, this fun thing came up, and they want you to readjust your life to accommodate to that emergency. You don't have to. You can give them the consequence. Oh, you forgot your homework. I'm so sorry. Well, you just tell your tell your teacher that you'll bring it in tomorrow and you'll just have to take the lower grade. Let them get that consequence. That is loving them to let them reap the consequence of their behavior. Um, and this can happen maybe with people in your connect group. Um, maybe they don't come and they still want to get together or they still want all the benefits or something like that. I mean, you can think about what consequence there could be, but... It's okay that they chose not to do that, but you don't have to accommodate to it. You can give them a consequence. Um, let's see if I want another example. Or, or if people who work for you um, have problems with um, arriving on time or <laughs> leaders don't come to their leaders' meetings like they should... You don't have to use manipulation or guilt to make them feel bad about that. You can let them make their own choices, but you can put a consequence in place so that they're just like, okay, then you will just get this consequence. Of, and who knows what it is? It could be anything. But um, that helps you stay feeling empowered and being able to steward your own self instead of feeling like you are swept to and fro by them and their actions. Um, within these boundaries... Um, are a lot of things. The choices you make, your behaviors, your attitudes, beliefs, feelings, desires, thoughts, values, limitations, resources, gifts. Um, these are under your jurisdiction. And if you are feeling like you're in a season of your life that's out of control, um, it could be that these are falling away from you and being swept away by other people. And it is uncomfortable to start 
making boundaries because um, pe one, people might not expect it from you. They expect you to act a certain way. You've done that so long already. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So if you find any of maybe your thought life is just maybe out of control, maybe anxiety or worry keeps you up at night, um, consider boundaries. Or you're doing behaviors you wish you weren't doing or you're not sleeping well, you don't get to exercise like you want to, um, maybe your emotions are up and down, consider boundaries to help with these things. So we're going to go over some common boundary problems. Um, sometimes it's helpful to identify what specifically is the issue um, in order to move on. So Cloud and Townsend, give them each a name. The first category is the compliant. The compliant is like this water over there. They have a hard time saying no, and so they say yes to the bad. And it might not even be the bad that they're saying yes to. It might be something good, but it's not the best. You may have heard that before. Saying yes to the good over and over keeps you from saying yes to the best thing because you are so full. Um, so this might look like saying, yes, I'll always give my time to sit and listen to you repeatedly. Tell me about your problems. And maybe they're just like their knapsack daily problems. Maybe they don't need that. And you can say no. Um, sometimes it feels like this is what it means to be a Christian. Like to never say no and to say yes and give. And sacrificially give. Um, but there is a difference between sacrificially giving when you're in this state. And sacrificially giving when it's this. This is an honest choice. You had the power to make that decision. You and the Holy Spirit are in conversation. Like, I could say no, but I want to say yes. And that's when your yes really means something. So we do need to pray for wisdom in this so we can know what to say yes to, what to say no to. Um, and really pray against the fear of man. Because I think the fear of man keeps us from saying no to people. Um, we want to. We want to please them. Uh, people can reject us if we say no to them, so it is a little scary. Um, a non-responsive can't say yes. So I haven't talked about this as much in the examples, but a non-responsive sets boundaries against a, res a responsibility to love other people. They're kind of closed off, um, maybe because of, because of fear or past hurt, um, but they might say something like, no, I will never be emotionally available for you and what you are going through. I just don't care to care. Um, this rises up in me sometimes, and um, I pray to have a tender heart, tender heart like Jesus, so that we don't act against that responsibility to love other people. Um, the controller. The controller can't hear no, and they might aggressively or manipulate, manipulatively violate the boundaries of others might sound something like, what, you're not going to come? Please come. Oh, you can do those other things later. You should come. So you'll come? And just like <laughs> pulling you, pulling you, and they just have a hard time feeling or hearing a no. And I, I am tempted to be this, um, especially with the people that are close to me and the people maybe that I have leadership over because I have such strong opinions about what they should do. <laughs> I... I feel like I know, or especially when you're a teacher and there's students like, you need to do this. And so you'll like the guilt or emotional manipulation. Um, when another option is to respect their no or their yes, but let them take the consequence for their action. 
and give give the power into their hands and make sure that we're not aggressively changing. And this can happen for um, probably connect group leaders too because we want people to come. We want people to be making good choices for their lives. Um, but they might not want to do that. And that's okay. They, they are them. You are you. And you don't have to um, control that. Um, and then lastly, the avoidance. They can't say yes. No, they can't hear yes. And set, set boundaries against receiving the care of others. So they might say, thanks for the invite, but I'd rather not. I know you don't really want me there. And um, this can be rooted in maybe insecurities or they lack their self-worth and they're just like, no, I don't think you really want me. I'm not going to hear. It's hard for me to hear your yes. Um, I think this can also rise up. This rises up in me when I feel like my independence is threatened. So maybe my roommate is offering to help me with food prep and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want that. Well, why? <laughs> Well, I don't really know. I just, it feels like some of the power is taken away or something. Um, and so there might be good reasons to say no to receiving care from people if you do feel like your boundary is being violated. But sometimes it's just pride that keeps mm-hmm. us there from receiving um, the care from other people. Um, so we can pray to have our, deni- our identity solidly in the Lord so we can receive from other people. Um, so, as you can imagine, this is just four kind of issues. People can have multiple tendency issues. Um, but when you pair them together in friendships or marriages or work um, relationships, you can get even more problems. Uh, consider the controller being friend, befriending the compliant. It works really well because one boundary issue is really partnering well with their boundary issue and the controller (laughs) just imposes all of their will on the compliant who lacks the will to say no. And so um, so you you just want to be careful. We're we're going to be all of these. We're going to encounter all of these. And being aware of them can help us um, graciously take steps to build healthier relationships. So how can we grow? Does anyone have any questions? I'm just rattling away. Okay. Um, growing in boundaries. So one thing we can do is begin to understand the laws of boundaries, as Cloud and Townsend tells them. And there are ten, um, ten laws that they have. And we are only have time to go over three, but they're my three favorites. This one is my all-time favorite. The law of sowing and reaping says... You reap what you sow. So this goes along with the consequence boundary. Um, But I want to invite all of you to join me in rejoicing in the consequences that we get for our actions. Um, I mean, we can also rejoice that we don't get the consequences for all of our actions. Praise be to God who has saved us. uh, Because that would be very disastrous. We do a lot of really hard things. But uh, reaping what you sow is the way you see what you have sown and then can decide if you want to sow something different. So, for example, I rejoice when I feel terrible after I have eaten too much pizza 
because I don't want to eat too much pizza. I don't want to do that again. Or if you have a ton of cake and you're just like, well, I feel so great. Well, great. Maybe I won't do it next time because I will remember this. Well, maybe you won't remember it. Anyway, but um, for... For both the people in your life, you want them to be reaping what they sow. And we don't want to always step in and save them. Um, maybe it's a money issue, an eating issue, a time issue, um, uh, like getting your work done issue. Let those consequences come. Because when we have that consequence, we can then see if we need to change. And sin comes with consequences. And so we get to respond to those. And um, sometimes this even happens in relationships. Let's say let's say you tell a little white lie or you just kind of sneak around the corner a little and not great way. And then you're found out. And it's really uncomfortable and it's kind of shameful. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was a healthy exchange. It's healthy for that to be found out, it to come up, and then you can graciously walk through it together, as opposed to just praying, Lord, please don't let them find out. Please let me this just be whipped, um, washed away. And there are times for that, and the Lord is very gracious to cover our mistakes sometimes. But if you find yourself being saved from your own poor choices over and over by someone in your life, consider, mm, maybe I should... Stop that. Maybe I should accept the consequences. Um, you might have a boundary issue, so you want to address it. Okay. But it may be more likely that we are saving other people from their consequences. Okay, the second law, the law of respect, says that we must respect our own boundaries and other people's boundaries, even when others don't. So, just like with... The physical boundaries, where we know we can stand up for our boundaries. Um, we can stand up for our emotional boundaries, our time boundaries, our consequence boundaries. Um, we can respect them even when other people don't, and they might not understand, and that might be a little painful and hard. And we can be gracious in how we communicate about it, but um, we need to respect our own boundaries. And we need to respect other people's boundaries, even when they're making decisions we don't agree with. Um, we still can respect that they are their own, and they are choosing, if they are choosing to do that, okay. Um, I think that's all I want to say on that. The law of power says we do have power over some things. So it can be hard in when life is messy. Life involves a lot of relationships that we only play one role in, and other people are playing the other roles, so you only have you. Sometimes we feel powerless. We, how, could we, how can we change it? How could it ever be different? Um, but the law of power says you do have power over some things. And that something might be as simple as, I have power to submit to God. I have power to um, ask him to reveal what is within my boundaries. What can I do? I have power to ask for help from somebody else. Um, or I have power to confess a sin or idolatry or an insecurity, and that might be the first step uh, to getting a boundary issue resolved. Um, if we constantly feel like the victim of our circumstances or um, the relationships in our lives, um, we're forgetting this law of power. There is something we can do. Um, and 
I had to do this. I, I was feeling overwhelmed with the circumstances of my life and not for any reason except that I was, had a hard time navigating boundaries. And it's like, okay, this is a pattern. I'm constantly stressed. I am constantly emotionally fragile. I constantly feel like I'm bearing burdens that are way too much for me. This is like the 10th year in a row that my life is like that. Well, what am I going to do about it? I need to set a boundary. So I asked my principal if I could work part-time, and he said yes. And it's amazing to, to be like, okay, I can change something. I do have power somewhere to do something. And it is life transformative. We do not have to live in that constant state of chaos. Um, so understanding those laws can be helpful. It is also helpful to be a part of a support system. Because when you start saying no to people, it's uncomfortable. Or when you start um, saying yes to people for the first time, it can be fearful. You don't know what they're, if they'll hurt you. When you offer yourself, they might say something bad or um, hurt you. So we want people, we want to find people in our life or at least pray for people in our life or be part of a church. Um, We need people who won't reject us when we say no, people who won't hurt or take advantage of us when we say yes, and people who respect our boundaries. And I... I've been so confronted with my own boundary issues as I've been preparing for this talk. I've given it two times already, and I'm giving it a fourth time. And I don't know why. I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? (laughs) All I can imagine, he's like, work on your boundaries. No, he's very gracious about it. But um, I do feel it, and it is uncomfortable because I have a lot of very close friends. And when you have a lot of very close friends... You start to be like this because a human can only handle so much. Or, yeah. That's like the difference between 100 pennies and four quarters. Sure, 100 pennies and four quarters. You, you feel spread out. And um, so I have had to implement some no's in my life that were unexpected for my friends or that even changed the nature of the relationship. Or I've had to implement some no's in my work life or um, my being part of the worship team ministry or the young adults ministry. I'm having to say no, and it is uncomfortable. But I, and some people don't take it well. I have had friends that basically like yell at me. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is so uncomfortable. But I have to remember that this is healthy for me and this is healthy for them, like in the end. They can carry their own knapsack. They're going to be okay. Um, it, so, <coughs> and you will soon find who the safe people are. And, and let's say you are just learning, you're practicing saying yes. Maybe you've been here a little bit and you need to start offering yourself a little bit. You can find safe places to do that, like small commitments to say yes to or find a leader that you trust and who feels safe to you and maybe say yes to helping them or engaging in something with them. Um, and as soon as you start having really good boundaries, you will attract other people who are good, have good boundaries. Um, that's just the nature of things because people with bad boundaries will kind of be repelled because you're not giving them what you want. they want because they want you to also have 
poor boundaries. Um, so we can't always, we can't control what other people are doing, but we can be that person for other people. Yeah. And this is an exciting thing to do, to champion the boundaries of the people in your life. Say, um, oh, I really want to go to the movies with you. I'm having a hard day. And they say, no, I don't have time. You can still express, oh, I'm, a li- I'm disappointed. I really wish it would have been you. But I respect your boundary. You can say no. Um, there, I don't need to add emotional manipulation. I can deal with my emotion. Um, we, uh, oh, I put, here's my family example. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Um, I think <laughs> my family is growing in this with me because I'm a very dutiful person. And I want to please people, and they really like me, and they want to see me a lot. Um, so they'll invite me over, or we'll do things. And I have to say no sometimes. And at first, it was like, oh, well, we really want you. <laughs> and I, I love that they really want me, but I would feel like that pressure. And they've just like been releasing that. And it's very empowering to be like, they're not going to reject me or feel hurt. They are celebrating my boundary <coughs> this season of life. I just don't have that much time. And that's okay. That is okay. So we can give that gift to other people. We can have compassion um, on, on people when they have to say a hard no. And you're like, that's okay. You can say no. Or I get this a lot because I help lead the young adults. Maybe I do too much. But I'm like, we really need leaders and volunteers. But I just so respect people who are like, I cannot do that. I don't have time for that. I'm like, great, don't do it. I do not want you to. Just because the need is great doesn't mean you specifically need to say yes to this. We want people who, they come alive when they participate in it. Um, let's see. I think we'll do five, 10.30 is the time that one starts, yeah, right? So I want to be done in the next five minutes so you can have some transition time or questions. But just some practical action steps. First, practice saying no. And you can practice with small no's. Like, I think I used this example last time. Um, let's say someone is offering you a dessert and you're trying not to eat desserts. You can say No. Actually, no, I've, I don't want that. I don't want to eat that. And they're like, what? No, you should <coughs> eat it. You should. No, I don't want to eat it. And just practice that small no. And you can say that to, like, watching. You, this is just practicing self-control in any area of your life. I'm going to say no to that TV show so that I can say no to this huge other thing that would really affect my life. But I'm just building my no muscle up. Um, so practice saying small no's. And then practice saying big no's. As you analyze your life, maybe there, there is a big pattern in your life or maybe some responsibility that you have and it just is sucking the life out of you and you maybe need to say no. And just try it. <laughs> try to make a change. And you can build up to it, but um, those big no's are very helpful. And then... I think this is in the book. If you are unsure if you should say yes or no to something, to a person or to a task, your default, I would invite you for your default to be no. No, I can't do that. Or no, I need to think about that. I cannot say yes at this time. Let me pray about it and get back to you. Um, because the needs in the world are constant and innumerable. 
Um, but you are not the only person who can fill those needs. And maybe, maybe that need needs the consequence of there are no helpers. Like maybe there's an event and people are saying no because they have boundaries. And then that event can't happen. Well, that's just the consequence. Maybe that, maybe that's okay. Um, maybe there's a different solution if you say no. So this has been very helpful for me and very hard for me to default to no. Um, but it leaves room for you to have more conversations with the Holy Spirit because you need to take more seriously your yeses and ask him, okay, Lord, should I say yes to this or not? Um, and then find a safe place to practice saying yes. We kind of already talked about that. Use guilt and other emotions as a signal. Um, if you say no and you feel guilty about it, that is a signal maybe that you have a boundary issue and that's uncomfortable for you. And then let's say you keep practicing, keep practicing, and you say no and you don't feel guilty about it. You're like, oh, this feels foreign. Well, maybe you can rejoice in that. You have a healthy boundary. Um, as long as, you know, you don't go over into this. But If you, if you find joy, I did have a friend. I was talking to her about this. She's like, wow, I've never had a boundary problem. I... There's a few things that give me more joy than saying no. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I can't relate. But that's saying something. Um, And then respect and love your own boundaries. Respect and love other people's boundaries. Rejoice in them. And then we don't have time to talk about this, but the book does. I recommend the book. There's a list of books for you. But the boundaries with the Lord, we can get very confused sometimes with the Lord. He has maybe set a boundary in our life. And we don't like it, and so we just pretend it's not there, and then we're getting consequences because of the boundary, and we're confused about the character of God or why this could be happening, when really maybe the Lord is just, He has set a boundary, and He's he's not going to move it. Um, and He maybe is respecting your boundary. Maybe you have... You've decided, no, I'm not going to engage with you, Lord, on that. And he's like, okay, here's the consequence. I will respect your boundary, but there may be a consequence to that. Um, and then the last thing, so respect and love God's boundaries. Consider reading the book, maybe with a friend or your spouse or your kids. Well, maybe read it first, then to bring your kids in. But the best boundary, I think this is from the book. The best boundary is a full and meaningful life, filled with activities, habits, and people you have chosen. So I have felt this very strongly lately, when there is like relational turmoil or something that isn't going right, and you feel powerless in the situation, and there's ups and downs, um, when you have a full and meaningful life to keep living with these activities and these people, these habits that you have chosen... um, those ups and downs don't affect you as much. They don't have to be the final say. Um, you're engaged at your church. You have people you're pouring into, people who are pouring into you. You enjoy your work. Um, our identity can be in the Lord and not be tossed to and fro by the other things that are happening. So if you, um, I would encourage you to think about, okay, which parts of my life are full and meaningful and how can I grow that? How can I grow that even more? Um, You plus the Holy Spirit can grow in boundaries and it will be a beautiful thing. It will help you come alive. Um, So we'll have maybe two minutes for questions, but the first 20 of you who came in here got a little feedback form. If you wouldn't mind filling that out and you can maybe put it up there on the back counter as you leave. 
that would be helpful for me so I can keep giving people helpful information. Um, any questions for the big group? Otherwise, I will dismiss you and you can ask me when I want. Yeah. Another book they wrote was Boundaries Face-to-Face. Oh, great. Which is about conversation. Oh, interesting. It's really... I would love to look look at at that that one. Okay, boundaries face-to-face, you can add that to your list. Yes, Nia. How do you deal with boundaries in the context of a multicultural, multi-ethnic group? Because there are some cultures where (laughs) people have different boundaries. Unthinkable. Yes. Yes. You know, and um, some others, it's it's really difficult, especially if you have like a multi-ethnic church with a lot of different people from all over the place. How do you navigate the boundary line when, of course, we are in the American culture where right. saying no is perfectly acceptable right. and everybody's got to be on time for everything and <laughs> being late is a problem. But, you know, when you have are managing a, a multicultural church yeah. um, or environment, how do you navigate The first that? thing I would say is uh, pray and ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. <laughs> um, but if uh, I think a lot of it is the heart issue and... It, if when you're in, count, in those situations, if you can reframe your accommodation to them as I'm choosing to accommodate to them because I want to honor their culture and I want to honor them and love them where they're at and I want to do it as a sacrifice that I have chosen, um, then it can be a lot healthier than if you just feel like you have to mm-hmm. for cultural sake. Um, and then the other thing is maybe just go slowly Um and pray against the fear of man and maybe let some of those consequences do fall. But I think we do need to honor other cultures, but also honor our own boundaries. I don't know. Do you have wisdom to that? No, what would you do? I was just thinking, <laughs> I don't have any wisdom. <laughs> yes, but I do. was just thinking that um, maybe at the beginning when you first step into a different, in the American culture, well, you will have cultural shock. I have experience and <laughs> yes. it's not pretty. Um, but then as you get into the culture, you begin to understand that culture. And so you understand then why they're setting those boundaries. Yes. But at the beginning, it would be really hard. You would be like, did she just say flat out no? What's up with that? But um, later, you begin to understand the health in it. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning, very beginning, it could be really difficult. Yeah, and Cloud and Townsend do say that. They say, this is not something you just have to do right away. I mean, you'll shock everyone in your life. It will feel very uncomfortable. Like, you can go slowly um, and, yeah, choose to honor the cultural or traditional way of the cultural things. shock plus the boundaries shock might be too much. Right, shock. too much at <laughs> a time. Um, if you have other questions, you're welcome to stay and ask. But I do want to let you have a little bathroom transition time. So, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome.